Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for those of us that are here physically in your, in your house, oh God. We thank you, God, for the privilege for showing us mercy and allowing us to have a seat here in your place in your presence, amongst your people, singing worship to you, O God, praising you and lifting you up. We ask, Father God, for those of us that are not with us, Lord, those, those members of our church that are suffering and hurting, that are battling at home, we know that you fight our battles. We know that you're in control of every situation that we face. We know that every circumstance is not a, a cause or result of coincidences, but rather it's a purpose-driven life that you've given us, that you've planned and prepared for us, oh God. And we believe that those that are sick will be healed in Jesus' name. And we know that we'll be all back together as a big, uh, happy spring of life family, worshiping and seeking your face uh, physically in this room once again very soon. We ask, Lord, that uh, you would bless this word, that it would be an encouragement to everyone that hears it. We ask, God, that you would um, use... Uh, Use this word that you would uh, use me today as your vessel to uh, share this word to the best of your abilities and your uh, capacity to use me, O oh God. We pray for all these things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, Pastor Palma shared on Wednesday an incredible word, uh, an amazing uh, encouragement to the body of Christ. Uh, and he shared this one verse, uh, John 16, 33 that I had here in my notes from beforehand that I want to start out with uh, here this morning, where it says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Our peace doesn't come from our circumstances. Our peace doesn't come from what we have materially. Our peace comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the good times. It doesn't come from stable, still waters. It comes from a stable and still God who is not changing, who is all-powerful, almighty. I told you these things that in me, you would have peace. Not in a vaccine, not in medication, not in a doctor's notice. In me, you'll have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. In other words, Jesus is warning us, in this life, you will face many battles. In this life, you'll face many conflicts. There'll be many times in this life where you'll have uncertainties, doubts, where you'll have an enemy. But take heart because the battle belongs to the Lord. The battles belong to the Lord. Every conflict that we face in life, every situation brings difficulty, uncertainty, some type of strife, all these situations are caused to surrender and acknowledge that the battles belong to the Lord. Us in our own strength are incapable of doing anything, let alone the very breath that we breathe was given to us by God. So when we come across a certain conflict or certain battle, it's just another opportunity, another reminder that we are not in charge or responsible for anything that's going on in our life. If we're facing an enemy, it's an enemy that God has allowed to be 
put in front of us just again to demonstrate and glorify his great love, mighty, powerful uh, strength to deliver us. Everybody goes through problems. Everybody goes through struggles and battles, right? Right now, it just happens to be that the large majority of the church is going through this battle. Uh, Everyone's dealing with some type of cold or sickness, but we've long been dealing with battles, uh, some of us since we were born, some of us since we were born, uh, dealing with the battles and the conflicts of being in a single-parent home, of the, the battles and the struggles of finding you know, financial provision, the battles and struggles of leading with a health condition. Um, we've, uh, in, in Cuba now, there's obviously uh, the political battle uh, and, and the uproar between uh, the, the, the freedom fighters and uh, the communist regime and, and battles have been a part of the human existence since the very beginning, since the very beginning. Uh, and it, it's important to remember that battles are a part of life. And when battles happen, it's not because something's gone wrong. It's not because we've disobeyed God and somehow. Uh, one of the encouraging things that Pastor Palma shared on Wednesday was, you know, some of us, we get a little bit superstitious and, or maybe just a little stitious, Right. And we, we think that, that whenever something bad happens, it's a, it's a judgment from the Lord and, and that we've done something wrong and that we've done something bad uh, to, deserve, to deserve this bad situation that we're facing. And that's not always the case, right? In the Bible, we see the story won't turn there for time's sake, but we see uh, the disciples uh, questioning Jesus uh, about the blind man saying, Lord, why is it that this person is blind? You know, what sin did he, did he commit? What sin did his parents commit? And Jesus encouraged them saying, listen, it's not because he's not blind because he did something bad. He's not blind because his parents were sinful. He happens to be blind that the Lord might glorify himself through this situation. So whatever circumstance you're going through right now, church, whatever sickness, whatever disease, whatever illness you're battling, it's just an opportunity for God to glorify himself amongst our midst. And what a privilege that we would acknowledge firsthand and witness God's amazing, mighty, and powerful hand over our lives in the middle of a dark time like this COVID pandemic. I mean, what a testimony that we'd be able to carry on to generations and be able to recount and recall back when I was, you know, in Brian's case, 18 years old, or we could say when I was 35 years old and when we're old and gray on our rocking chairs at Cracker Barrel, we could tell our grandchildren, there was a time when I was coughing up my lungs out and everybody was going crazy for a vaccine and wondering what the government was going to do. And there was so much uncertainty, but the Lord was faithful. Amen. And God was true. And everywhere we lacked, God provided. And when we were sick, he healed us. And he did miracles amongst the church. And there was a time that half the, more than half the church was empty. And they're like, really, Grandpa? Because look how big our church is now. And like, yeah, really. And uh, we'll be able to recount and testify that the next generations would have something to hold on to to face their battles moving forward into the future. Amen? So I just want to, the, the first uh, point, and we have four points that we're going to go through to, uh, this morning, uh, is the key to overcoming every battle is realizing that the battle belongs to the Lord and not to you. The battle belongs to the Lord, not to you. And somebody are like, well, which battles exactly? You know, like, do some battles? No, all battles, every single battle that we surrender 
to the Lord belongs to him. Is who are we? Who are we to take matters into our own hands? Who are we uh, to, 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 to confront the enemies at the gates? We're mere man. We're, we're simply flesh. We're, we're not capable of telling the sun to shine. We're not capable of opening doors. We're not capable of having the floodgates of heaven pour out over our lives. Those are all things that only God can do. The Bible says in Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything we see and everything that we know is in complete control of Jesus. And all who live in it, us and our enemies, it's comforting to know that the very breath that our enemies breathe is given to them by our God. And when we acknowledge that and we remember, oh yeah, they're only here because God has allowed for it to be. They're only here because God has permitted it to be. Because in a split second, God can remove their breath. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 10, verse 17, The Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God, who doesn't show partiality or take a bribe. Anything that stands itself up and promotes itself against the knowledge of God, will be torn down and destroyed. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, I am the Lord. There might be things that raise them up and say, I am COVID. I am the government. I am the enemy. Yeah, but I am the Lord. I am the Lord, the God over all mankind. Is anything too difficult for me? Proverbs 21, verse 31 says, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. We might want to put the bit in the horse's mouth. We might do everything to put the saddle on, make sure it's nice and tight, put the horseshoes, put the leather straps. But victory rests in the Lord. He fights our battles. He's in control of our situations. He's responsible for our circumstances. Bible warns us in Isaiah 31 verse 1, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and who rely on horses. Those who trust in chariots because they're many and in horsemen because they're very strong, but they don't look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. What a shame that we have God here uh, available and willing to help his children the sheep of his pasture as our good shepherd and we wouldn't turn to him in the middle of our struggle our pride gets in the way sometimes and we really need to put it away and destroy it in that fire but we like to puff ourselves up and try to fix things with our own strength and with our own capabilities not knowing that god is more powerful is more capable more awesome than anything that we're able to do we're going to be jumping around a lot of verses here today, so I hope you are following along with your Bibles, um, if not with your phones, uh, on the Bible app. But we'll start here on 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is an awesome, awesome story in the Bible where we, uh, we're reading verse 1. It happened that after this, the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat, against the king of Judah. And they came 
And they told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they're in Hazazon Tamar. A great multitude. Not this small militia, small army. This giant three people, you know, three people groups army are coming up against us from beyond the sea. There's a great pandemic coming across the sea from China, right? You know, I, I love when the battles are great, when the enemy is great, because the bigger the battle, the more likely we are to just hurry up and surrender it to the Lord. Sometimes when the enemy looks somewhat our body weight, our height, our size, we, we, we kind of put confidence in ourselves to deal with the battle. But when you get news like Jehoshaphat, hey, listen, these people are great and mighty. It's an automatic call to fall on your knees and, and get to the first position faster than others. So verse 3, we see that Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. This is a very supernatural reaction. This is not an ordinary reaction. Normally, our reaction to bad news to an enemy at the gate is to do everything in our power as a king to prepare the army, to prepare the archers, to prepare the spearmen, to prepare the battle warriors, to get everybody ready for defenses. But when Jehoshaphat gets word that there's enemies coming, a great mighty enemy coming against them at the gates, his first reaction is to throw himself onto his face and to seek the Lord, to call a fast, to see what it is that God would have him do during this time. That needs to be our reaction. That needs to be our attitude. When we hear bad news, when we hear something's going wrong, we need to run to the Lord. We need to throw ourselves on our face like, God, have mercy on us. What would you have us do in this situation? There, there's a lot of people that as soon as they get bad news, they want to go run and get tested. They want to go run and get vaccinated. They want to run and go get soup. They want to do everything in the natural as opposed to first running to the Lord. I'm not saying the... The chicken soup from Islas Canarias is bad. Uh, you know, I had my helpings when I got sick. But our first reaction needs to be, Lord, what is that you will do? What if the Lord decides to heal you right then and there before you spend your three fifty for that soup? What, what if the Lord decides that he, he would have something else in store for you, that he's trying to show you something? And here we're rushing into taking matters into our own hands when God is the answer to all our problems. The whole stuff feared. That's okay to fear. Our, our natural instinct, uh, because of this flesh that we carry, our, 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 our fallen nature might beckon us to fear. But 1 Timothy 2.17, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And although that might be a, 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 a reaction that our, our, our sinful nature is beckoning towards us, we need to surrender it to the Lord. And automatically say, listen, the, the, the righteous don't fear bad news. Those who, who hope in the Lord, those that trust in the Lord, whose confidence is placed in the Lord, they don't have fear of bad news. Because they know that God is in control. And as soon as he feared, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all of Judah. Humble yourself. Jehoshaphat humbled himself. 
He didn't try to go on and resolve the problem on his own. Verse 12. Second uh, Chronicles 20, verse 12. It says, God, won't you judge them? Because we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. It's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay that you don't have the answer to the problems. It's okay that we, 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 we have doubts, but we have uncertainties about the enemies that we're facing. What we have to be confident in is knowing that the battle belongs to the Lord, that God is capable, he cares enough to fight our battles. The Bible says in James 4 verse 6, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We have to stop trying to solve this, the equation on our own and go straight to the test master. We're going straight to the source. Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 6 verse 10, be strong in the Lord. And you're confident in the Lord. Your, your strength doesn't come from your finances. Your strength doesn't come from the fact, well, you know, typically people that have diabetes or struggle with obesity or people that are more likely to develop, you know, COVID, they're more at risk, you know, so I'm fine. You're not relying on your youth. You're not relying on your health or your strength. Your confidence is in the Lord. You're saying, oh, you know why? We have good health insurance. We have good, you know, we have things set in order for when disasters like this happen. No, we don't. We have a faithful God. We have an awesome God. Our confidence is knowing that he's our healer. He's our provider. Not on the natural things of this life. Because remember that the things that we battle in this world are not natural. They're supernatural. The, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh. And, and sometimes these battles, these enemies that we face... The outward appearance of it seems natural, but it's so much deeper. It's so much more. If we're still thinking that COVID was a natural attack against, you know, people and, the, and, and America and the world, you know, we're very mistaken. I've never seen any type of pandemic like this close down churches, tell people they can't congregate, can't pray together. They can't meet. Families have to separate. That, that is super demonic. That is super evil. And so if we have spiritual eyes, you know, he who has ears, let them hear. Those people that are willing to listen to the word of the Lord say, look, there's something going on. The waters are being stirred, but we serve a God that calms a storm. We serve a God that, that, that from the boat can tell the winds to shut up and can tell the, the waves to calm down. So Judah gathered together. We're going back to 2 Chronicles 20 verse 4. He gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came and they sought the Lord. Our first point is remember, the battle belongs to the Lord. Second point here is recall the times that God has been faithful. When, when you're facing a battle, there's nothing like remembering the goodness of God. There's nothing like, remember, in hindsight, God has never lost the battle. In hindsight, God was always there for me. In hindsight, God was always available when I cried out to help. 
The Bible says in Psalm 42, verse 5, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I will again praise him for the help of his presence. O my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you. When you're you're doubting, when you're struggling, when you're battling, that's a great time to remember God. That's a great time to remember all the times that God's mighty hand has pulled you out of the fire. When we remember the battles that God has won for us in the past, it magnifies the Lord and it minimizes the battle. Sometimes when we see those enemies, we love to describe how bad and how big they are. That guy is giant. I mean, did you see the arms on this dude? Did you see how bad it's taking? Everybody, the Lopez's are out. The Rodriguez's are out. Everybody, did you see how many pastors are sick? Richie and Angie are sick. They even got to Pastor Molina. I mean, this is serious stuff. This is a big pandemic. I mean, this is this is a serious battle that we're facing. And we love, we love to just promote it. We love to just, we, we do a better job of promoting these pandemics than boxers do in promoting their fights. We just love to amplify how big and how bad the enemy is. But our call is to magnify the Lord. Our God is awesome in power. Our God is mighty in strength. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. And we see that Jehoshaphat's reaction in verse 6, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 6, he says, O Lord God of our fathers, aren't you God in heaven? Don't you rule over all of the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand alone, there's not power and might so that no one, nothing is able to withstand you. Verse 7, aren't you God who drove out all the inhabitants of this land? See, Jehoshaphat is remembering, he's saying, we used to be enslaved in Egypt. We were not a people. We did not have our territory. And God allowed for us to escape He delivered us from Egypt. He put us in this land. You established our kingdom here in this place. Who drove out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham. God, you gave us this land. You you put us here. So I'm not going to believe, I choose not to believe that some outside invaders are come to take away that which you have given me. Verse 8, and they dwelt in it and, they, and built up a sanctuary in your name. Lord, Lord, we, we are people that love and serve you. God, God, we are faithful to you. God, we serve you with everything that we have. So we're confident knowing that you're here battling our, our, our battles. Verse 9, if disaster comes upon us, whether it's sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, Whether it's physical violence, whether it's a disease, whether it's lack of natural resources or provision, we will stand by your temple and in your presence and will cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. 
This is the heart of a people that are confident in their God. We see in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33, as David is preparing to go and fight the Philistine, he goes before Saul, and Saul is the natural reaction. Saul is the, the, the worldly reaction. You're not going to go up against that Philistine and fight him. You're a young guy. You're inexperienced. You've never fought in wars. You've never had battles. And this guy, I mean, he's a man of war from his youth. And I can just imagine Saul listing all the reasons, all the excuses why David shouldn't go and fight Goliath. He's a giant. He's undefeated. He's never lost. He bit some guy's arm off last time. You, know, you, you barely have chest hair. You, you barely have anything that's worth, uh, you know, giving you an advantage in this fight. I love, look, at, look at David's reaction. I mean, the, the, the man after God's own heart, this is the reaction he has, verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant, for your information, has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I would go after it and I struck it down. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair that's got to be a serious, I mean, David grabbing a lion by the mane has to be the most incredible sight, right? Which some, uh, you know, Leonardo uh, da Vinci should have like painted that one, you know, for our illustrations. Uh, you know, he, he grabbed it by the mane. He's pulling the lamb out of the mouth. He's, he's doing all this incredible stuff. Verse 36, your servant killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like any one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37. The Lord. You know, David's not recalling his, you know, his high school days, you know, where his trophies, you know, the time where he was his junior year of high school, he threw for seven touchdowns and he was so great and mighty. And therefore here in this next game, he's going to do amazing. No, he's saying, listen, all these times that I beat the lion and the bear, I was outsized. They were bigger and stronger than me. They had the advantage. They were better equipped with fangs and with paws to devour me and my sheep. But the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. He remembers. He didn't forget all the times that God had proved faithful in his life. All the times that God's proven faithful in our lives. All the times that God has showed up when we were struggling, all the times that God showed up when we were in lack. And so Saul tells him, go because the Lord is with you. We're going, or, uh, jumping back to Second Chronicles 20, verse 13. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, their children, they stood before the Lord. And the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, in the midst of the assembly. Verse 15. And he said, listen, all of you in Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, you King Jehoshaphat, because thus says the Lord. And you're proclaiming the word of God over your home. If you're a, if you're a man of the house, you know, Mel and I, she's getting ready to prepare for her test on Wednesday. 
for her licensing exam to, to become a, a fully licensed pharmacist here in the state of Florida. And, you know, there's a lot of people getting sick, obviously. And if you're diagnosed with COVID, uh, you're not going to be able to take that test. Her test just happens to be in person. Um, and to have to postpone and reschedule and the whole headache of that. And weeks ago, uh, when, when there was news about a pandemic, about uh, sickness coming upon different people, not even just in our church, but amongst friends and, and the community, uh, I prayed over Mel. And I laid hands over Mel and I said, Lord, in Jesus' name, keep her. Put your blood over her. Protect her. Watch over her. Help her in her studies, but help her not get sick. Help her not have to struggle with dealing with the headaches and the migraines and the congestion, the stuff he knows while preparing for this exam. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Because I'm the priest of my home now. You're the priest of your home. You're not supposed to be spreading bad news. You're supposed to be proclaiming the word of God in your home. Saying we're not going to lack. You might be struggling right now. We might be having the sniffles right now, but God is our healer. We're not mopers. I'm not going around complaining about how horrible our situation is. What we're instilling in the family as the leader of the home, establishing we are not going to run around with chicken, like chickens with their heads cut off. We, we are still, we are stable knowing that God is in control. That's our call as a man of the house. That's our call. You know, Jesus doesn't run around and freak out in circumstances. When the disciples came to wake him up in the middle of the storm, he didn't you know, wasn't alarmed and, and, and disturbed. He, he, he rolled out of bed from underneath the boat. He came up to the top deck and he calmed the storm. You know, there were times where we were getting news uh, about people getting sick and, oh my gosh, and they showed up here and they were supposed to and they were sick. Oh, and they went there and they were sick and they're going to, you know, pass on their disease to somebody else and this and that. We have to be careful. Wear your mask. Don't wear your mask. Be careful where you go. Wash your hands. And it's like, no. I, I, am, I refuse, and when Mel, Mel and I talked about this, I told her, I refuse, I refuse to run around and, and be reactionary to every word of bad news. You know, and, and people can be contagious all around me for all I care, but that's not going to stop God's will for my life. You know, people can be sick anytime, anywhere, but the point is, we're not going to let fear drive our decisions. I'm not going to let fear decide what I do or what I do not do. I'm waiting for the word of the Lord. If he says to be still, amen, I'm going to be still. If he says stay home, I'm going to stay home. If he says to go and get vaccinated to, be, uh, to, to stay at home with our medication, amen. But God's making my decisions, not fear. I'm not letting anxiety drive me crazy in my family. And, and sometimes, you know, whether it's Mel, whether it's me, we do get a little anxious. And we do get a little stirred up. But, but thanks God that we're able to work as a team and we're able to encourage each other and say, listen, God, God's fighting our battles. God is watching over us. Hey, listen, it might look bad now, but, but God's on his way. God's sight hasn't left us. He, his, his, his focus point, his compassion is still moved towards us. I'm not going to be an echo of bad news. Well, did you hear that this person got sick? No, but did you hear this person was healed? I 
And so this man of God, full of the Spirit of the Lord, Jehaziel, he stands up in verse 15, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15, and he says, Listen, all of Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, do not be afraid. Church, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Because the battle is not yours. It is God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You won't need to fight this battle. You won't need to fight this battle. Position yourselves and stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them because the Lord is with you. And if the Lord is for us, who can be against us? Psalm 24 verse 8 says, The Lord is mighty, a mighty warrior in battle. He isn't a pacifist. He doesn't just stand by on the sidelines. When he sees his people hurting, he's moved in compassion towards them. He's not sitting by idly. He, he hears your cries. He's hearing your prayer. He's hearing your, your, your shouts uh, for help. And he's a mighty warrior who fights our battles. When you turn the battle over to the Lord and you trust in him, he fights it his way. It's no longer your battle, it's his battle. And he takes responsibility over that battle. He, 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 takes, he takes ownership over the battle. This is no longer the enemy's battle. This is not longer Nick's battle or the church's battle. This is my battle. This is, this is my responsibility to take over. All throughout the Bible, you'll see references time and time and time again where it says, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. And the Ammonites and the Moabites, they came against Israel, and the battle belonged to the Lord. We see that in 1 Samuel 17, verse 47, jumping back again to the story of David, that just before he faces Goliath, the battle belongs to the Lord. He tells Goliath to his face, he says, I, I, I refuse to, to shiver and cower in fear because right now the battle belongs to the Lord. And you can tell your enemies that. You say, listen, you might do everything you can to kick my butt and put me in bed and cause for me to miss 10 days of work, but the battle belongs to the Lord. And he will give you into our hands. Number two, recall the faithfulness, recall the times of faithfulness of the Lord. Number three, praise the Lord for what he's going to do. Verse 18, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord. Notice, he still hasn't told his generals, he still hasn't told his captains or his military to get prepared, to get ready. You know, they've been 
you know, in the natural, some people are like, they're wasting time. The great multitude's at the gate. They're coming upon them. He still hasn't put together a, a battle plan. And he says, you know, all that can wait. We've received the word from the Lord. Now we'll go and we're worshiping the Lord. We're praising the Lord. We're shouting out the, ma- the majesty of our Lord, the awesomeness of our God. You, you're worshiping the Lord. You're, you're proclaiming the goodness of God. You know, we, uh, we're working on it still. It's a, it's, a, it's a project that Livingstones has. But uh, I told them, they need to be, we need to be more vocal in, in our response to the word of the Lord. When you hear a word, amen, there we go. You see, it's working. When you hear a word from the Lord, it's your job to shout, amen, hallelujah. You shout. When you're shouting, it's because you don't care who hears you. When you're hiding, when you're fearful, when you don't want to be noticed or seen, when somebody breaks into your house and you're afraid of getting caught, you go in the closet, you don't want them to hear you. They don't want, you don't want them to know that you're there. You're out on vacation for all they know. But when you're loud and when you shout, it's because you're confident in the victory. When you shout and you proclaim a shout of praise to God and you worship the Lord with a high and loud voice, it's because you don't care that the enemy hears you. You're not afraid of the enemy. You're, you're shouting it because you know it. You're confident. You're, you, you know it. Everything you have, when you shout something, it's not because, you know, you maybe think it's true, might happen. More than anything, you know, when you're drowning in the ocean, you're not whispering to the lifeguard to save you. Hey, I'm drowning over here. You're, sh- you're shouting, you're screaming, trying to get their attention. You're, 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 you're trying to make sure, and you don't care. The, the people at the beach on the shore, they're listening to their music. They're drinking their cold can of Coca-Cola with their bag of uh, ranch Dorito chips, right? Like a Pastor Joey always says. Oh my gosh, that guy is screaming. What's wrong with that guy? Why, why, you know, the waves are overcoming him, but come on, we're here enjoying our nice salsa music, right? Gerardo just produced this new great song, right? This album cover of The Shallow, and this guy's disturbing you with all that screaming over there. You think you care what people think at the shoreline? You're drowning. You need a rescuer. You need a savior. And here these people, they knew what was going on. And all the people in all Judah, all the cities got together. And they were shouting and praising the Lord for what he was about to do. He was, they were confident in what God was going to do. And their shouts of praise was a physical manifestation of their inward belief. And you can believe all you want in your heart. I believe with all my heart. Cross my heart, hope to die. I know, I know everything, you know, whatever. But, but we're, we're silent. We're quiet about it. And that's not what the Lord wants to hear. The, the Lord wants to hear the shouts from the stadium before he walks through that tunnel out onto the field to fight your battle. He wants to hear you roar his name. He wants to hear you amplify, magnify how amazing and how great he is before he takes the field to take your battle. We're walking in the confidence of knowing that God is the God of our battle. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, 
we see that Moses has just left Egypt with the Israelites. They've just escaped. They've just been delivered by God from Egypt. They're getting close to the Red Sea. And it says in verse 1, the Lord says to Moses, Exodus 14, 1, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Haharoth between Migdol and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite of, ba- of baal Zephon. Verse 3, because Pharaoh... Here, you know, God is kind of giving Moses the download. He's giving him an understanding of what's about to take place. He says, listen, Pharaoh's going to think the Israelites are wandering. And I love this because God is like game planning with Moses. He's like, listen, this is what's going to happen, all right? You and me, we're on this, right? We're together on this? Okay, here we go. Pharaoh, he's going to think that the Israelites are wandering around in the land of confusion, hemmed in by the desert. Verse 4, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart, okay? And he is going to pursue them. But I am going to gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. This pandemic is going to know that there was a church and that there was a God of that church. So the Israelites did this. Verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, he gathered all of his armies and he changed his mind saying, what have we done? We got rid of our slaves and now we have nobody to build our pyramids. What are we going to do about it? So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. Verse seven, he took 600 of the best chariots along with all other chariots of Egypt with officers. He gets this great, just like Jehoshaphat, a great multitude to go after the people of God. And they pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. Verse 10. So as Pharaoh approached the Israelites and looked up, excuse me, as As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were Egyptians marching after them and they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. Verse 11, and they told Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here in the desert to be slaughtered? You know, they're getting cynical about their situation. This is horrible. Why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? Verse 11. And they told Moses, wasn't it better? You know, why did you bring us out from Egypt? Verse 12. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone in captivity, leave us sick and dying? Misery loves company, right? People love to talk about how bad their situation is like, bro, I didn't sleep till like three o'clock. In the morning, fall asleep till like three o'clock in the morning last night. I was having such a hard time. Bro, I didn't go to bed till five o'clock in the morning. My nose was so congested. And you guys are talking back and forth. Oh, well, now my oldest is sick. Or it's like, oh, well, now my second and my third is sick. So there's that. And there's like, well, my husband's also sick. So I have to take care of them by myself. We're like, well, uh, we ran out of Flintstone vitamins. So that's pretty bad. And, and, and misery love so there's bounce off bad, echo bad ideas and bad situations. And it says here, 
uh, it would have been better to, serve, to go back and serve the Egyptians than to die out here in the wilderness. Verse 13. And Moses says to the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For the Egyptians whom you've seen here today, you will never see them again. One day this whole nonsense, this whole pandemic that has plagued our church, plagued our community, plagued the world, one day it will be no more. And whether that's here on this earth, or whether it's back up in heaven, walking the streets of gold, this is nothing compared to the glory of the Lord. And then verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Now we read all this, but I really want to focus primarily on verse 15. Because apparently Moses goes back to meet with God after he just delivered the whole word, he just told them the whole game plan. Moses and God had already met together. God had already told Moses, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to harden Pharaoh's hearts. They're going to come after you, okay? But I'm going to smite, I'm going to destroy them. You'll never see them again. You'll never have to deal with these people again. Verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Moses goes back and is crying out to the Lord. Lord, save us. Deliver us from the Egyptians. Help us, oh God, be, uh, overcome this sickness, this disease. Help us to get rid of this, uh, uh, these oppressors, oh God. And God's like, Moses, we, we just met like five minutes ago. We, we talked about this, Moses. I told you it was going to happen. Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Once we receive the word from the Lord, once we receive a, a, a message that he's going to heal us, he's going to deliver us, he's going to make sure we're provided for, we're taken care of. Don't cry to the Lord. Tell the children of Israel to move forward. Move forward in the word that God has given you. You're confident. You're not doubting. After you receive the word from the Lord, if you go back to him, is it because you're calling out for a word? No. He's already given you a word. He's already said he's going to deliver you. You know, we're going back to the Lord because we doubt. We go back to the Lord and we're crying out to him again because we're not sure. We're going back to him because we don't know if he's really, you know, did you really mean that you're going to, you know, wipe him out? We don't have to worry about it. The Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Tell the children of Israel to start walking. Let, let, let's get on it. Come on. I already told you. I gave you the word. I told you what you're supposed to do. Don't doubt me. That's what this verse is saying. The Lord is telling Moses, Moses, don't doubt what I'm about to do. Church, don't doubt that God is faithful. Don't doubt that God is bringing healing to us. Don't doubt that the prayers that were lifted up last night aren't already working and haven't already pulled God's uh, attention and heart towards healing our church. Move forward. Walk. Proclaim the greatness of God. Worship the Lord. Praise his mighty name. Magnify the, magnify the Lord. Why are you crying out to me? Don't doubt me. Don't doubt what I'm, what I'm about to do. Move forward. Walk in the promises of God. 
Walk in the message that he's given you. So verse 16, we have to finish it because how are you not going to finish this, you know, this story? Raise your staff, stretch it out over the hand of the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can walk through on, the, on dry ground. Verse 17, because again, you know, here, we're strategizing again. Mo, uh, God is meeting with Moses. They're going through the game plan. Remember, once it's God's battle, he has a game plan. You might not know it. He might not, you know, Moses was very fortunate. There's not often times that God... Uh, lets us know what he's about to do before it, it happens. Usually it's, it's a faith thing. It's a trust thing. We're believing God will do something even though we don't know what it is that God is about to do. He, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. They're going to go after you. I will gain the glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Did you guys just notice something? God, God is repeating to Moses what he already told him. In the beginning of chapter 14, God had already said, listen, I'm going to harden the Egyptians. They're going to come after you. I will gain honorable Pharaoh and his army, his chariots, his horsemen. Verse 19. This is awesome. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved in front of them and stood behind them. Coming, verse 20, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. And just, don't you just love when God gets in the middle of your problems? And don't you just love when God puts himself between you and your enemy? What, what an amazing uh, depiction here. We have the Israelites getting ready to cross the sea and the Lord with his uh, cloud of fire smashes through and divides the Egyptians from the Israelites. God is standing in between you and your enemy. God is fighting your battles. You, you are not left forsaken. You are not left alone. He's right there in the midst of you. Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Verse 22, so the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right side and on their left. Verse 23, and although the Egyptians pursued them, the Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. And during the last watch of the night of the Lord, he looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud and he threw the Egyptians into confusion. He jammed the wheels of the chariots. And the Egyptians acknowledged, let's get away from the Israelites because the Lord is fighting their battles. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and their horsemen. And verse 27. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak, the sea went back to its place, and the, the Egyptians were fleeing toward it, but the, but, the, uh, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Verse 28. 
the water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites, and not one of them survived. Amen. my last point is be still and know that I am God that's Psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know that I am God be still and know be still and doubt that I'm God no be still and wonder if I'm still God no be still and know be confident you're assured that I am God I will be exalted among the nations in the middle of this situation, I, I'm lifting myself up. I'm glorifying myself. I will be exalted in all the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Going back to Jehoshaphat, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17, it says, you will not need to fight this battle. Jehoshaphat, that was a great multitude. That, that is a big army that's standing at the gates. You guys were facing a, a, a huge enemy in the natural. But you won't need to fight this battle. Position yourselves and stand still. Position yourself. Put yourself in a position to do nothing and expect the Lord. Our hope is in the Lord. Our confidence is in the Lord. Our expectation is that the Lord will fight our battles and see the salvation of the Lord. Position yourselves, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. Do not fear, do not be dismayed, for tomorrow I'll go out against them. The Lord is with you. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who are still, those who are confident, those who are waiting on the Lord, those who hope on the Lord will renew their strength. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not saying that this situation isn't frustrating. I, I'm very frustrated with not seeing people here in the church. I, I'm very frustrated not seeing my, my youth group together, uh, Friday night's youth group together. It's frustrating uh, hearing my dad talk on the phone sick. It's frustrating to hear my grandparents being sick. It's frustrating. All, all that stuff is very burdensome. But you know what? I, I choose to surrender that to the Lord. It, 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 is, frust it, is, it is burdening to have your, your kids sick. You know, school's coming up, and the schools are trying to figure out their policies on what, how they're going to open, how they're going to let kids come back. You know, it, it's, it's, it's overwhelming all, all the bad news that we hear on how the world tries to react to this supernatural uh, problem. But instead of growing frustrated, I'd rather grow strong in waiting the Lord. And, and, and again, it's, it, it's burdensome, it's weary. And the more you focus and you dwell on how bad your circumstances are, the more you lose your power to go forward, just like the Israelites were instructed to go forward. And that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to put you in despair. He wants to knock you down. He wants you to be thinking and concerned over all the bad circumstances that there are instead of waiting on the Lord, being still, positioning ourselves 
in the Lord, placing our anchor in the middle of the storm on the Lord. Because when we do that, we'll mount up with wings like eagles and we'll run, we won't be weary, we will walk and we won't be faint. Let's stand to our feet this morning and close out this service in prayer. The Lord says, the battle belongs to the Lord. It doesn't matter the magnitude of your enemy. It doesn't matter how big your situation, your circumstances might seem. The Lord fights our battles. I want to take the time now, firstly, to pray for the church, but also if there's anybody in this room that's facing a giant, they're facing a battle. It could, be, it could be a sickness. It could be that some of your family members are sick. But it doesn't have to be narrow to that because God isn't limited in the amount of enemies that he can defeat. God isn't limited to the size of our enemies. He isn't limited to how, how ferocious and evil they might be. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. If there's anybody here this morning that like to surrender their battle to the Lord. You're, you're weary. You're done fighting. You're tired of it. It's frustrating. It's only frustrating because we're fighting it on our own strength. But if we surrender to the Lord, if we hope in the Lord, he'll renew our strength. Is anybody here that like to surrender their battle to the Lord? We would like to pray with you here in the front on the altar. I did the same altar call with the youth uh, a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and, and several, almost all of the youth came forward and said, Lord, Lord, we're ready. We're ready to surrender our battles to you. We're ready to give up and, and hand over the reins to the horses in these battles. Now, you're our strength. You're our source. You're our healer. There's no vaccine. There's no cure, oh God. You're our cure. You're our healer. It's the precious blood of Jesus that's superior to any illness and any disease, oh God. If that's you this morning, I want to invite you to come forward and surrender your battle to the Lord here at the altar. Those that are watching online, you too can surrender your battle to the Lord. You may not be here physically, but you have an altar in your home. You're the priest of your home. You can lead your family into surrendering to the Lord. You can lead your family to surrender those, the, those domestic conflicts that you're dealing with. You, you can surrender to the Lord those family problems that you're struggling with. You can surrender to the Lord those financial problems, those financial battles that you're struggling with. You can surrender your health problems, your health battles to the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord and everything that belongs to the earth is mine. Mankind included. anybody else we'll just go a few more moments
church, if you would just lift up your hands to the Lord and as a, an act of surrender. We talked about this earlier. You might believe in your heart, but when you lift up your hands, when you physically lift up your hands, you're, you're, you're shouting out to the Lord. You're, you're, you're manifesting. You're not embarrassed. You're not questioning. You're confident. You're saying, Lord, this is between you and me, Lord. We surrender to you, O oh God. We surrender our battles to your, to your doing. If you're at home, you lift up your hands to the heavens. You're calling out to God. Lord, your church here today comes before you. Humble, oh God. And undeserving, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would intercede in our situation here, oh God. We pray, Lord, that you would come and you would heal our land. Heal us, oh God. Heal your church. Heal our communities, oh God. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would cover us in your blood. That you'd wipe out all sickness and all disease in Jesus' mighty name. There's no enemy that makes you cower. There's no enemy that you can't overpower, God. Who are we, oh God? We're mere men, but you are almighty, God. You are the Lord. Move in the homes of every single family in this church, oh God. Bring healing to our church, oh God. Let us all be back together again as a big Spring of Life family, worshiping you, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal your purpose behind this to us, oh God. Give us eyes to see. Give us discernment, Lord. Give us wisdom to understand your purpose in all of this. Help us not grow weary or frustrated, but know that if we hope in you, you will renew our strength. Help us echo the word of the Lord and not bad news. Help us proclaim your goodness and your faithfulness and not the bad circumstances that we're facing. We cancel the assignment of the enemy in Jesus' name. We surrender our battles to you, O oh God. All those that are here in the front, Lord, and the altar, and those at home, they surrender their battles to you, O oh God, for you to take charge and to take over. And we proclaim in Jesus' name victory in you. We shout hallelujah. We shout hallelujah, God. We praise your name with a loud voice, oh God, knowing what you're about to do in this place. We are still, God. are still waiting for you oh God it's not on our minds not by power or by mind but by your spirit Lord heal us oh God cover us with your blood protect those that aren't sick oh God thank you Lord for the worship team for the ushers and the sound team for all those that are serving your church here today oh God those that are holding down the fort while the rest of the church gets better. Thank you for their 
selflessness, oh God. Thank you for their courage and their confidence knowing that they're not going to get sick. That they're, they're confident knowing that you're in control over their lives, oh God. Praise you, Jesus, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for the victory to come. Help us remember your faithfulness, oh God. Bring to remembrance. They say in your word that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance your good things, oh God. Your word will be brought to our minds, oh God. Holy Spirit, we ask that you do that. Remind us of all the times, all the victories that you've won in our behalf. In hindsight, you're undefeated. To come, you're still undefeated, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray for all these things, oh God. Amen and amen. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful Sunday, everybody. Enjoy your family. Those of you that are not with us, you will be here with us in Jesus' name very soon. We're confident in the healing that God will bring over you and your family. Uh, enjoy your, your Sunday with family, and we'll see you guys tomorrow night for men's group. Uh, it's still going on at 8 o'clock, and uh, we'll be back here at 12 o'clock noon for our Spanish service. God bless you.